News Source 1 Michiana, where faith and community news come together. This is News for Your Day, hosted by the staff of News Source 1 Michiana, Keith Thews, Rachel Gill, Sylvia Stark, Pastor Joel Irvin, and Ron Varash, bringing you news that is important to you. So get the coffee boiling, get up out of bed, rise and shine, feet on the floor, and smile the day away. Let's get on with the news. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. South Carolina abortion rights activists rallied Wednesday after state house lawmakers passed a near-total abortion ban, with exceptions including in cases of rape and incest, after a more restrictive version failed. President Biden spoke to Chakwe Lumumba, the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, on Wednesday about flooding, which has left more than 180,000 residents without access to running water. The city's aging main water treatment plant failed this week amid torrential rains. The city had been under a boil water advisory since July due to its deteriorating water system. Lumumba says the situation is the result of decades of disinvestment. This is a matter of human rights. This is a matter of deferred maintenance that has happened over decades, a lack of investment in capital improvements, and quite possibly, quite honestly, probably more than a billion dollars worth of, of challenges. Federal prosecutors say the search of former President Donald Trump's home came after his advisors failed to turn over classified documents after receiving a subpoena and pledging a diligent search had been conducted. Former Fox News commentator Judge Andrew Napolitano says he believes Trump will be indicted for two actions. One, bringing NDI, National Defense Information, from a secure place, the White House, to an unsecure place, Mar-a-Lago. Two, frustrating the government's ability to get this stuff, which is called obstruction of justice. Pennsylvania Representative Scott Perry is among the Republicans criticizing new restrictions on the political activities of Justice Department employees in the wake of the Mar-a-Lago search. They have no business looking at uh, things that are covered under speech and debate under the Constitution. This is the executive branch, as though we had a king trying to punish legislators for their positions for the things they have said. The Taliban celebrated the one-year anniversary of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan Wednesday by parading in front of the former U.S. embassy in Kabul. The anniversary marked the end of the longest U.S. military campaign and a 20-year war that resulted in the fall of Kabul and its democratic government to the insurgent group. Defense Priorities Senior Fellow Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis says among experts, the Biden administration's withdrawal plan is considered to be a failure. And I think that they just uh, they just punted on that and didn't worry about it until it was too late. According to Reuters, the Taliban, which remains unrecognized as the official government of Afghanistan, has made August 31st a national holiday. I'm Nadia Ramlagan for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Detailed forecast. Today. Sunny with a high near 85. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Tonight. Partly cloudy, with a low around 65. South wind around 5 miles per hour. Friday. Partly sunny, with a high near 87. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Friday night. Partly cloudy, 
with a low around 65. South wind around 5 mph. Saturday. A 20% chance of showers after 2 p.m., sunny, with a high near 87. South wind around 5 mph. Saturday night. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms before 11 p.m., then a slight chance of showers between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m., partly cloudy, with a low around 64. Chance of precipitation is 20%. Sunday. A 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., mostly sunny, with a high near 84. Sunday night. A 10% chance of showers and thunderstorms before 8 p.m., partly cloudy, with a low around 63. Labor Day. A 20% chance of showers after 2 p.m., mostly sunny, with a high near 83. Reminder The Space Launch System Artemis 1 launch is scheduled for Saturday afternoon. Now let's go to Rachel, Sylvia, and Pastor Joel. Hey there, folks. It's time for our weird facts from Parade.com. Did you know that another term for your nieces or nephews would be nibblings? I've never heard of that. That's a little bit weird. Uh, this one is really weird. Number 71 on the list. Iceland has a dating app that stops you from hooking up with your cousin. I guess that's helpful if you don't know who your cousin is. And that's our weird facts of today, folks. You can check those out anytime at Parade.com. And in Berrien County, Berrien County Health Department offers Narcan training. And this comes from Niles, Michigan. August 31st is International Overdose Awareness Day, and the Berrien County Health Department is making it easier for people to prevent overdose deaths with drive-through Narcan training. It takes only 15 minutes for people to drive up and learn how to save a life. Health experts here not only provide a step-by-step -step guide, but they also help reduce the stigma by sharing resources. The first 50 participants receive a Narcan kit. In addition to two doses of Narcan spray, there are a variety of resources for aftercare inside. Narcan is a drug that reverses the effects of an opioid overdose. The Public Health Promotion and Prevent Supervisor Lisa Peoplehurst at the Berrien County Health Department says opioid overdoses are the number one cause of preventable deaths for those ages 15 to 65 in the county, so the training is beneficial for people of all walks of life. We could, we could be talking to school secretaries today. We could be talking to business owners. We could be talking to people who have lost someone from substance abuse substance use disorder. They just want to have access to this Narcan in case of an emergency. And that's for anybody. Drug addiction is really hard. Uh, I know lots of people struggling from drug addiction, including my own daughter. And um, Narcan does save lives and there is a stigma around it but it really does help and you never know where you could be in a situation that there's an emergency and you just happen to have it on hand and you could save somebody's life so get on down there today at the Berrien County Health Department for the Narcan training
This comes from ABC 57, Marshall County, Indiana. David's Courage, an addiction treatment and recovery home, is hosting its first ride for recovery motorcycle ride in Plymouth on Saturday. The event is being held at David's Courage, located at 10924 Lincoln Highway in Plymouth. Riders will start at David's Courage and ride for one hour through Bourbon, Rochester, and Argos. The ride is $25 and includes breakfast and a ride for recovery t-shirt. A donation of $10 includes breakfast. Guests can also purchase raffle tickets and items from the wood shop. Breakfast and registration runs from 9 a.m. to when the rice starts at 10.30 a.m. Funds will be used to raise awareness and fight alcohol and drug addiction, event organizers said. So if you'd like to do that right on Saturday, contact David's Courage in Marshall County. Dogs cry for joy after reuniting with their owners. This is BreakingNewsEnglish.com There is a saying in English that says a dog is a man's and woman's best friend. Dogs and humans have shared close and loving relationships for thousands of years. Scientists believe the bond between humans and dogs is deeper than we thought. The scientists discovered that dogs cry tears of joy when they see their owners after a period of absence. The scientists conducted a small-scale study on 22 dogs. They tested the behaviour of the dogs. In particular, they looked at how the dogs reacted when they were reunited with their owners and with other people they had daily contact with. The scientists said that when the dogs saw their owners, they cried. The researchers from Azabu University and Jichi Medical University put strips of paper under the dog's eyes. They then checked to see if and when the dogs cried. The scientists found that when the humans and dogs were reunited after five to seven hours of separation, the dogs shed tears. Researcher Takefumi Kikusui said, we had never heard of the discovery that animals shed tears in joyful situations, such as reuniting with their owners. He added, Their tears might play a role in the deepening of mutual relationships. He believes the tears may make humans love their dogs more. He said, It's possible that dogs who show teary eyes during human interaction would be cared for more. Let me tell you guys something that is on Facebook from Cats Nip Etc. Oscar, he's a little cute kitten. He's orange and white and he's up for adoption. He's playful and he loves everyone. Oscar is neutered, current on age-appropriate vaccines, dewormed, tested for leukemia and FIV, and he's microchipped. If you'd like to meet this cutie, send them a message. That's catnips, etc. on Facebook. He is so cute. You gotta see him. He's just, he's still a baby. He needs a good home. Check him out. Here comes a classic memory from the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Association 
telethon years. Get ready for this weekend. It's gonna be a blast here on News Source One. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Jerry. I'm sorry we can't be there at the telethon in person because it sure is an important cause. But, Jerry, you're doing a great job and keep up the good work. Dirt road in the twilight, woods so cool and dark. Up ahead, pale neon, somewhere dog barks. Honky tonk moon. Keep shining on my baby and me Breaking up the pool balls Chalking up the cue A jukebox popping softly Lazy summer blues Honky-tonk moon Keep shining on my baby and me Smoky haze all through the days. Troubles seem to melt away. My heart's on a roll. 
Chaplin on the floor Cigarettes and sawdust A squeaky old screen door Honky tonk moon Keeps shining on my baby and me I'm Naheem Hines, running back for the Indianapolis Colts and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. The Public News Service Daily Newscast, September the 1st, 2022. I'm Michael Lifford. School districts preparing to welcome back students next week. In some states, and administrators are expressing growing concerns about their budgets. That coincides with different education viewpoints in the Minnesota race for governor. Northfield Public School Superintendent Matt Hillman says they were able to avoid budget cuts the previous decade, but declining enrollment and other factors led to a $4.5 million reduction plan this year. Hillman adds they can't lean on budget reserves forever. We see potential budget reductions again on the horizon, and the pressures that we have are no different than the pressures that other districts have. And this is what I hear from my colleagues across the state. He says a big help would be final adoption of a bill to address shortfalls in special education subsidies. Hillman also welcomes using Minnesota's historic surplus to help districts. 
DFL Governor Tim Walz had pushed using surplus money to boost per-pupil aid. His Republican opponent, Scott Jensen, unveiled a plan that prioritizes using public school funding for private school vouchers. He also wants to phase out the state income tax, which provides education dollars. I'm Mike Moen. And September is National Hunger Action Month, highlighting the ways people can get involved to fight food insecurity. More on that now from Eric Tegetoff. Susanna Morgan, head of Oregon Food Bank, says hunger was a problem in the state before the pandemic. But in the midst of COVID-19's grip, one in five Oregonians faced food insecurity. Although numbers have gone down, she notes that more than a million residents in the state sought emergency food assistance from the Oregon Food Bank Network in 2021. Morgan says a number of factors are contributing to food insecurity right now. Driven by structural problems in wages, access to affordable housing, access to affordable health care, access to education, and exacerbated by inflation and high costs of fuel, food, and other necessities. Morgan says federal assistance to address hunger during the pandemic is slowly decreasing, but adds that the state hasn't reached a cliff that would drive even larger numbers of families into a precarious position. On Wednesday, Morgan held her State of Hunger address to kick off the month. Locals can go to OregonFoodFighter.org to find assistance. And from CBS News, the Justice Department filed a 36-page response late Tuesday to former President Trump's request for a federal judge to appoint a third party to sift through records seized at his Florida residence. CBS notes in the filing, federal prosecutors argued that Trump's request for a special master to review the records seized in the search fails for multiple independent reasons. This is PNS. Salt Lake City, notorious for bad air days this time of year, but there is a silver lining to the brown cloud. Brief program begins today, providing free use of the entire Utah Transit Authority system on high pollution days. The idea is to get cars and trucks off the roads when the State Division of Air Quality predicts unhealthy ozone pollution levels. Kim Frost with the Utah Clean Air Partnership says it's an excellent time to get to know your public transportation options. Everything is completely free, so you just show up at any of the UTA bus or rail services, including tracks, front runner, the S-Line streetcar, Paradise transit, the Park City to Salt Lake City Connect, as well as UTA On Demand. Frost says they expect several free fare days in the coming months as the Wasatch Range averages about 25 high ozone days yearly. Higher temperatures and air inversions could bring even more days of bad air as the region already ranks among the top 10 in the world for poor air quality. I'm Mark Richardson. And a nonprofit group is suing the state of Vermont on behalf of Terminally Hill, Connecticut women. At issue is Vermont's medical aid and dying law. Edwin J. Vieira has more from Soundbite Source. The law stipulates only residents of Vermont are eligible for the services the law allows. One question the lawsuit seeks to answer is what constitutes residency. Under the current state law, a doctor could find one person is a Vermont resident, but the state's attorney general might disagree. Ronald Shems, the attorney handling the case, sees the residency requirement as unconstitutional. He says, like the U.S. Supreme Court decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, this creates another state-level health care disparity. Health care services should not be limited or dependent on the state you live in. Disease doesn't really recognize state boundaries. I think that there's a practical humanity that underlies our effort. Shem suggests the residency requirement may also violate the Commerce Clause in the Constitution. 
Finally, Eric Galatis lets us know more than 300 elk, deer, moose, and other large animals are hit and killed on Teton County roads each year. Kristen Combs with the Wyoming Wildlife Advocate says because many collisions go unreported, the actual number is likely much higher. Wildlife Highways in Teton County is a new audio listening tour that was recently launched to alert drivers to the risks of collisions. The app taps data collected by scientists who have been tracking wildlife using GPS collars to identify where wildlife cross roads and highways. We kind of know where those areas are, and so as you're traveling throughout the county, it prompts people to slow down in those corridors where we know animals are traveling so that hopefully we're reducing rates of vehicle and wildlife collisions. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. You can hear us on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Happy Hump Day. I'm Joel of Heart City Church. Welcome again to Happy and Whole in Him. This week we've been talking about prayer. And we've noted that helplessness is our biggest asset. It's only when we come to the end of ourselves that we can truly come to God. Helplessness is the first part of prayer. Faith is the second. In Matthew 21, 21, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you have faith and do not doubt. Has this ever thrown you into despair? Who can honestly say they pray without a single doubt? How many of us doubt before we pray, while we pray, and after? It would seem that faith is the very thing our prayers lack. I have good news for you, friend. You have more faith than you think if you have faith enough to pray. Coming to Christ is the essence of faith. Prayer is proof that Jesus has knocked on your door. To pray is to simply open that door, which grants him access into your life and your situations. And Jesus wants access into your doubts as well. There's a story in Mark 9 of a man who wants Jesus to heal his greatly afflicted son. He moves towards Jesus and says, If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Notice the man says, help us. I'm helpless and I believe you're compassionate, Jesus. He only doubts that Jesus has the power. Is that our problem? Do we look at the health crisis, the moral crisis, the civic crisis, personal crises, and conclude Jesus is not able to help? Well, Jesus says to us what he says to this man in response in verse 23. If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. At this moment, this dad realizes everything is at stake. He is completely helpless. His son is in a bad state. Yet he knows it somehow depends on him to reach out. Inside this father wages a war between faith and doubt over the truth of Jesus' promise. Jesus has prompted a response in Everything hinges on it. And with astounding honesty, he cries out, I believe, help my unbelief. I want us to see two things here. First, this is simply a five-word prayer, inviting Jesus not just to rescue his son, 
but also to enter the deepest recesses of his own soul to solve the riddle of his own heart. He came believing, but the evil of this world now just seems too much. He admits, he sees he's only half-hearted at best. So he says, Jesus, help me just as I am, a poor, miserable doubter. And faith wins as a stake is driven through his doubt as he condemns his unbelief. Secondly, Jesus prompted him to believe by means of a crisis, his afflicted boy. And often God uses crises to push us to the point where we can major in helplessness so that we might finally begin to minor in faithfulness. Friends, consider it a necessary mercy that God sent 2020 to shake us from our delusions. Trials are wonderful mercies helping us to come to the end of ourselves so we might grab a hold of the saving Christ. All we need is to acknowledge our helplessness and to come with all the faith at our disposal. Whether it's big faith, baby faith, devoted faith, distracted faith, whatever faith it is, if it's faith, faith gets the victory because it is not the size of our faith, but the subject of our faith. And the subject of our faith, Christ, doesn't lack power to save us. Oh, friends, take encouragement from this promise of Jesus that all things are possible for him who believes. As a pastor, I have become convinced that Satan may not be that worried about anything we do except praying. That each and every day, Satan is at work mobilizing everything he can to keep us from praying because he knows that his situation gets worse the moment you start talking to Jesus. Prayer is a weapon of such power. It is no wonder it makes the enemy tremble. It is a weapon that at the mere drop of a believer's to a believer's knees, God's kingdom is advanced, bringing all its power to bear on anything God lays on your heart in 2020. Prayer has power independent of space. You can invite Christ to lay his hands on people in Elkhart or in China. Power independent of time. You can pray for a church that has not yet relocated in downtown Elkhart. Just pray because this weapon of enormous power cannot be employed for anything but Jesus' glory and our good. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to our world to knock on the door of our heart. We believe. Help our unbelief. And we pray that you will lay your hand upon our community and upon our nation so that we and our neighbors might be healed and saved. Amen. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. The outgoing UN Human Rights Commissioner Michelle Bachelet has published a report outlining evidence of rights violations against ethnic Uyghurs in Xinjiang. Its publication had been repeatedly delayed. China's described the claims as a farce. Patrick Fock reports from Beijing. Well, as we know, China was handed a copy of the report for review prior to its publication in line with normal procedure. And we can see now very clearly why Beijing was so opposed to it. Even on Wednesday, the foreign ministry called it a farce orchestrated by the U.S. and some Western powers and had called on Michelle Bachelet to, quote, make the right decision in urging her not to publish the report. Its contents could hardly have been more damning. It covers a period from between 2017 to 2019, suggesting this could just be the tip of the iceberg. And it confirms some of the most serious accusations of human rights violations, including 
hunger and injection tactics used in what China refers to as vocational and educational training centers. It found evidence of forced sterilization and it concluded that China's treatment of ethnic Uyghurs in Xinjiang may amount to international crimes against humanity. A UN team of inspectors is due to visit the Russian-occupied Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. IAEA officials hope to safeguard the site amid artillery shelling that's caused fears of nuclear disaster. Global aid is arriving in Pakistan to help alleviate the impact of devastating flooding, which has displaced millions. Rebecca Bundan reports. A third of Pakistan has been submerged under flood water and crops, roads and villages have been washed away. People have been moved to relief camps as they seek shelter. Humanitarian aid, including food, medicine and tents, are arriving in Pakistan from countries including China, Turkey and the United Arab Emirates. It's expected that it could take Pakistan years to recover from the disaster and there are warnings of food shortages to come. International aid agencies are calling for a relaxation on food imports from Pakistan's rival, India. Hong Kong's ordering mandatory COVID testing at more than 60 locations to try and curb a spike in daily case numbers. Richard Kimber reports from Hong Kong. Anyone who has visited 64 different buildings and venues across Hong Kong in recent days must go to a government-run centre to be tested for COVID-19. The city's daily caseload has jumped to almost 10,000 in the past week. Nine COVID-19 patients died on Wednesday. Health authorities are ordering private hospitals to make more beds available to help take the strain off the public sector, and people who test positive with only mild symptoms are being encouraged to self-isolate at home. The spike in cases is expected to complicate a government plan for a reopening of Hong Kong's border with the Chinese mainland. China's city of Guangzhou, just across the border from Hong Kong, is also imposing COVID-19 curbs in a bid to stop a virus flare-up. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, Mikhail Gorbachev, in his own words, in December 1995, four years after he left office and dissolved the Soviet Union, the eighth and last leader of the USSR sat down for an interview with FSN in Moscow. He was running a foundation there and was even thinking of trying to relaunch his political career, something that, of course, never occurred. But he told us that Russian destiny hinged on the country's ability to remain on a democratic path. There is no doubt that Russia can become a dynamic, modern, stable nation that will be able to provide a decent standard of living for its people and uh, spiritual freedom, cultural freedom, only if it continues the democratic process. He said he would believe in communist values until the end of his life, but would not vote for communist candidates, believing they had perverted the course of the party he used to lead. I believe their agenda is very contradictory, and then I'm not sure that what they're saying today they will actually be doing. There are many things there that I cannot support, that I cannot welcome. Gorbachev died earlier this week knowing that he was much more admired outside Russia than within it, but he will lie in state on Saturday in Moscow in the same building where Lenin, Stalin, Brezhnev, Andropov and Chernyenko preceded him. I'm Simon Marks. 
To recap the top stories, the outgoing UN Human Rights Commission has published a report outlining claims of rights violations against Uyghurs in Xinjiang. A UN team of inspectors is due to visit the Russian-occupied Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Global aid is arriving in Pakistan to help alleviate the impact of devastating flooding and Hong Kong's ordering mandatory COVID testing at more than 60 locations to try and curb a spike in case numbers. That's the latest Feature Story News. Ollie Barrett reporting. I have an announcement for all you trick-or-treaters. This comes from the South Bend Police Department. The, uh, they're holding the South Bend Police Department and the South Bend Cubs present Cops and Goblins at the Four Winds Field, 501 West South Bend Street in South Bend, October 24th, 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. And bring the kids. This is a popular trick-or-treating event and, uh, and it can, continues to grow and has become a community favorite. Why are we announcing this so early? We want to connect with local businesses, organizations, and vendors who might be interested in being a part of this great annual event. Please contact Officer James Burns at jburns at southbendindiana.gov to learn more about vendor opportunities. And they will uh, release more details about free tickets as the event approaches. You know when it's a bit more acceptable to drink pumpkin-flavored hot drinks. Anyways, don't forget, mark your calendars for trick-or-treating at the Four Winds Field. Hey there, Michiana. Come trick-or-treat with us and 50-plus local businesses along the Mishawaka Riverwalk. There will be music, inflatables, games, and, of course, candy. Lots and lots of candy. Registration is not required to attend as a trick-or-treater. Businesses interested in hosting a table and passing out candy, please register at uh, mishawaka.recdesk.com. Date, October 22nd, time 5 to 7 p.m. Location, Mishawaka Riverwalk. All ages are welcome and it's free. Get out there and take them little ones trick-or-treating somewhere safe this year. another round of good news for the schools. Elkhart Community Schools has partnered with eFocus to create a district-wide map location of free Wi-Fi for student access outside of school hours. The Elkhart Open Wi-Fi map is an interactive tool that provides location, days of the week, and hours of operation for over 100 locations <clears throat> in Elkhart that provide free access. These will include libraries, coffee shops, restaurants, parks, and community centers. For more information, you can log on to the ECS Technology page on the Elkhart Community Schools website and look for internet slash internet connectivity for more information. Here is another memory from the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Association telethon years.
something very special right now. We're going to join the Jerry Lewis Labor Day Telethon on the Love Network. This is called Bottom Line, baby. I just love you big. Battle Royal and nothing I 
Climbing the top of the Himalayas Just to be with you Mississippi, go paddling across the Atlantic Ocean in a leaky old canoe. Climbing the stars on a make believe land. Back the moon on a silver planter just to be with you. I climb a mountain of molten lava, a rattle a horse from the plains of Java all the way to Kathmandu. Every day, firefighters put on their boots and save lives in their community. Those same boots are also helping in the fight against muscular dystrophy. 
When you fill the boot for MDA, you're helping to save and improve lives of kids and adults fighting muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other diseases that limit muscle strength and mobility. Fill the boot for MDA. Good day. Today we're going to look at self-bullying. We talk about bullying others, but we don't talk about bullying ourselves. Sometimes us adults and children will bully ourselves into thinking we're not adequate. But here are some positive things that you could say about yourself. I deserve good things. I am valuable. I deserve love. My voice matters. I am trustworthy. I am proud of myself. This is a wonderful opportunity to learn. My feelings matter. I am important. I trust myself. I am worthy. I will get through this. I have a lot to offer. I can do this. I am capable. Being vulnerable is a strength. I deserve rest. I am enough. I'm proud of myself for trying. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I am doing the best I can. I am in charge of my choices. I have come this far. I matter. I forgive myself. I am somebody. I value my body. I believe in myself and I am strong. This is just a little of what loving and nurturing self-talk. And this comes from Monica Murphy at WNDU. A lot of times we're always quick to bully others, but we often bully ourselves. So if you think you are not good enough, remember, you are worth something. You are the best. And you know that sometimes we forget who we are. But remember, God created you in your own image. Let us remember who we are and not to talk bad about ourselves. Remember, you are loved and Jesus loves you too. The devil will never outwin our Lord Jesus Christ. Take a look of how this individual in war room has overcome by telling the devil what he needs to hear. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. devil. 
but I know you can hear me. You have played with my mind and had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the podcast this morning. We're going to be doing these morning podcasts on a trial basis and see how things go as we get you going throughout your morning. If you want to hear more of these awesome news stories, go to our other podcast, Michiana 101 and Newsbeat Michiana. Michiana 101 posts uh, three times a week through Sylvia Stark. And Newsbeat Michiana posts every evening, the early part of the evening, on here on Facebook through Anchor and your other podcast enjoyments. Until tomorrow, I wish you the best. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. Accept him. Let him enter your heart. And you will have new, fresh life and life eternal. Good day, everybody.